Graham. And I'm Chris. And we're two Pet Shop Boys fans from West Yorkshire in the north of England. Clearly with too much time on our hands. And this is the fourth episode of Pet Shop Boys In Depth, a podcast for Pet Shop Boys fans everywhere. We're here to celebrate 40 years of amazing music from the world's greatest synth-pop duo. So if it's miserabilism you're after, you may need to go elsewhere. Unless, of course, you're after an in-depth discussion of Pet Shop Boys B-sides. That's right. Hopefully we'll get excited and you'll get excited too. That's my impression anyway. Beyond the simple idea of two fans having a chat, we're pretty much winging it. So please be kind out there in internet land. So come with us as we record the latest in what so far has four instalments. Kind of like disco. But hopefully less like disco too, and without Danny Rampling mega-mixing all of our worst bits. United by a shared love of one band, can two strangers who have never presented anything before spin one pub chat out into something that other people might bear to listen to? There's only one way to find out. So Smash is the brand new Pet Shop Boys single collection. 55 tracks, 3 CDs, 3 cassettes, 6 LPs. Do we need another Greatest Hits album? Well, I guess we've had a few so far, haven't we? So we've had uh, discography back in 1991. Um, it was 12 years after that there was Pop Art, which was the, the two discs. So uh, that was 2003. And then Ultimate appeared seven years later in 2010. We've had 13 years since Pop Art when they last pulled all the singles together. In that time, there's been a, another disc's worth of material. So the third disc here covers uh, I'm With Stupid to I Don't Wanna. That's the period um, 2006 to 2020. So, you know, arguably there is uh, another whack of stuff to for them to put out there. I'm not sure whether we're a core audience for this, though, are we? I mean, we all love the songs, but, uh, I mean, I've got numerous <laughs> versions of them already. And I find the timing a little bit odd. Last May would have been perfect you know this the dream world tour was was just about to start it's glastonbury on the horizon there's the unity tour around america with new order it seems a little bit sort of to delay that 12 months it seems a little bit odd i, I do wonder if it's taken them a little bit of uh, time to put out there was a leaked track listing about a year ago on some uh, australian websites it's the same track listing so i do suspect that maybe they've been trying to get their ducks in a row and get this issued for for some time you're right, you know, in this day and age, you can simply pull a playlist together of the tracks, can't you? And I'm sure plenty of people have, have done already. So, no, we're not the core audience, but equally, it is hard to resist a, a new product. <laughs> it's uh, easy to get swept along and, and have something new to get excited about. Great to have kind of all of those fantastic singles in, in one place. What, what do you make of the title, Smash? Uh, do you know what? I like it. I like that it kind of demands that you, you follow it up with the word hit, so you end up with smash hits, which is kind of, yes, that's what this collection of songs is, but uh, and then obviously there's the, the link to Neil's old job. It's certainly not subtle, you can't say that, although I do think they missed a trick by not running an advertising campaign. I, I sort of feel that a smash and grab would have been a, would have been a great campaign. What, what, go and grab your copy? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> So what about you? What yeah, about well, like you, I, I found it. Well, I found it a bit of a shock at first. Didn't sound very Pet Shop Boys, but then thinking about it, it is in the vein of super. It's bold, it's brash, as is the artwork. That's bold and brash as well. Just mindful that it doesn't look like their imperial phase, does it? It's not got the big white space which you associate with, well, at least all of their other um, best of albums, greatest hits collections, also please actually, so it doesn't tap into kind of that imperial ethos. It instead 
it, it's more in your face like the like say the super artwork was um, maybe this is about trying to reach a new audience um, maybe with these um, amazing bundles that they've got on sale they're trying to reach uh, cassette buyers yeah. um, <laughs> I don't know if they constitute an audience in, the, in themselves we're talking about new audiences I mean they're on TikTok now 64,000 followers something like that I mean, is that I'm good? I don't really know to be totally honest I'm not sure how many of them are buying products you know, but there, there must be an audience for this otherwise they're they wouldn't go to the trouble of producing it. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that I'll see people wheeling their trolleys around the supermarkets uh, with, their, with their copies in, whether they've got the full bundles, I'm not quite sure. But I mean, it'd be interesting to know how many it does sell, certainly in relation to, to other compilations. Like I say, it's, it's, it's not, not necessarily for us. I mean, I think my compilation on my Apple Music's got about 650 tracks in it. So, uh, you know, it's uh, a few more than this. The supermarkets still still sell I think, Yeah, I can still get a super. I think I can still get them in my supermarket. That's where I buy all my music. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's always when something like new like this comes out. It's always interesting to see the online debate around, uh, particularly around the tracks that are not what's on it, but what isn't on it. So what's yeah, missing so when a new <laughs> compilation comes out? And I guess what what it means is Neil and Chris have had the opportunity to draw the line as to what constitutes a single or not. And it's interesting to see, particularly where they've chosen to draw the line this time so there's no for example no non-uk singles on here there's no singles which didn't get a full cd release and e anything that was released as an ep or a double a side was just uh, is just represented by the lead track so no how can you expect to be taken seriously or all over the world it's uh, fans again with uh, <laughs> and gnashing the teeth over the fact that there's no uh, single version of how can you expect to be taken seriously and also there's nothing from agenda interest in there as well but you know you can't have everything and i'm quite glad that they've taken the opportunity to uh, hone it down to what this is the core singles catalogue and anything you'd like to have seen on there that's mis been missed out i don't know i mean we've, we've already talked or already on this podcast about what is a single nowadays and like you say, I guess this is a their attempt to, to define that and I guess this ultimately is like we said is, is aimed at people that maybe haven't followed their career as closely as some of us mm -hmm. have and therefore the casual listener isn't gonna question what has or sure. hasn't been included. Interesting that you mention agenda because I thought that I got a great collection of songs and I imagine a lot of casual listeners would love those songs and perhaps haven't haven't heard them. They haven't been they're not widely available, so I'm not sure that we saw too many people uh, demanding that Cricket Wife was included, <laughs> though, so I think that can kind of be an omission. I think that would have stood out a little. <laughs> I mean, the, the Christmas song seems a little bit out of place on there. I, I always find it really annoying, even when I'm shuffling my songs on, on when I'm streaming, that you know when a Christmas song comes on and it's not December, and you know, you'd imagine that a lot of the people that are buying this compilation are people that are going to actually listen to it on that media so it's a lot harder to skip that track or to you know, pick the needle up and move it along a centimeter along the along the vinyls now i find that christmas i think that i think the christmas song being included could perhaps have not been included which again might have freed up a little space yeah i must say i'm always kind of allergic to hearing a christmas song <laughs> out of season so I, I agree i'd have swapped say uh, it doesn't often snow at christmas for for all over the world and also i think timing wise it's interesting because there would have been room for um, one or two more tracks on there burning the heather that's yep. not on that w uh, i think that that's um, one that would have fitted quite neatly and mentioning agenda on social media was um, i guess it wasn't the lead track but it was the one that the 
um, promoted with the video, and I think that's uh, really strong and would have fitted well alongside the other stuff. But you know, this is their catalogue, and as I said, I, I like to, uh, I like the fact that they get to define what constitutes their own singles collection, and obviously it just highlights that there's more that they can do still outside of the greatest hits collection to promote the rest of the back catalogue that, that maybe isn't quite as easy to find or, or as many people don't know about. Absolutely. I mean, there's probably at least another CD's worth of stuff of the, of the content that's been left out. So we should probably talk about track list and things like that. So do you want to give us some facts about that? Yeah, so... I guess rather than focusing on what's not on there, here's, here's what is on there. So we've got three discs. Um, the first is the original discography. There's no, um, you can't get, get away from that. It's all the tracks that we know and love from 1985 to 1991. Seven years, Western Girls to Was It Worth It. Second, 1993 to 2004. So interestingly, first disc, seven years. This is 12 years now. So this is Can You Forgive Her to Flamboyant. And then the third is 2006 to 2020. So that's 15 years to get to the third disc. That's I'm with Stupid, so I don't want to. So at that rate, I was thinking, you know, if we'd ever be lucky enough to have a fourth CD's worth of Pet Shop Boys singles, we'd be waiting until around 2039 for that. And <laughs> Neil Blessing would be 85 <laughs> by then, but I'm sure still, uh, still churning out um, uh, fantastic songs. I'm sure by 2039, people will still be arguing that uh, how can you expect to be taken seriously should be included. <laughs> so so Pop Art had a name for each disc, Pop and Art. I wonder what names could have been given for the Smash discs. Yeah, I have given this a, a little bit of thought. So you've got disc one, which as we've said is is discography essentially. That to me is, and I know Neil kind of capped it at Domino Dancing, but that's the imp their imperial phase. So I'm surprised they've never chosen that for a, a hits, <laughs> hits collection. Uh, so disc one to me is imperial. Neil coined the phrase as we know. And I did know Tom Ewing, the critic in 2010, took this notion, Neil's notion of the imperial phrase phase he he defined it that in an artist's imperial phase they have three criteria so command permission and self-definition and they all ring true but that notion of self-definition that when you're in your imperial phase that all of your subsequent career is kind of held up to your imperial phase and, and compared and contrasted whether you like it or, or not um, and that's definitely true for for Pet Shop Boys. Then disc two after the Imperial phase, well classically you're into survival at that point so maybe disc two could have been survival and certainly beyond Go West it felt like they were battling a, a little bit for, for those chart positions. Whereas you know, can we claim was disc three if you've had Imperial and survival was disc three revival when maybe certainly in the second for the second half of that disc when they'd stopped troubling the charts did that liberate them artistically? So I, I thought what it would be interesting to explore is let's put disc one to one side uh, as being untouchable. Then is disc three as strong as or better than disc two? Just so we can see how their uh, how their career has progressed over time in terms of quality of, of, of their singles output. Yeah, I mean, I, I think after disc two it would have easily been uh, an option to sort of sit back and become a heritage act retire stop making music play the hits to 10,000 mm -hmm. arenas every few years and you know I was I was reading an interview with with Tracy Thorne about uh, kind of how she was sort of saying that pop audiences uh, 
they they just want the songs performing straight and you know they don't want them deconstructing and ripping them apart and I think it would have been kind of quite easy for the Pet Shop Boys to to do that but because they decided they didn't want to do that we've ended up with with some of those songs that are great that are on disc three vocal love etc pop kids without that and, and without them kind of continuing to push themselves they wouldn't have been able to do that. Let's put this to the test then, Graham. So let's play a game. Right. Uh, right. I've, uh, I'm a grown man, but <laughs> I, I've um, taken the time to cut out some cards and stick mm. them into envelopes. So I'm going to put you in charge, whether you like it or not, of disc two. Excellent. Uh, right. And I'm going to fly the flag for disc three. So what we'll do is uh, you've got, that's right, you've got a card in there with um, out. a name of each track. Let's no, right. quick, quickly go put go one for one and try and agree which is the strongest track will you help me keep score because i did this <laughs> i remember doing this terribly before so right um right yeah. and do do pull them out in a random order as well let's go for it first one right what uh, have you got? first one i've got i get along i well i've got vocal oh well i'm i mean vocal can, is can i have that you can certainly have that right. that's that's i would say is in the top 10 songs of been released so right. regardless so, of what album it's on so i'm one nil up so yeah far. so my second one is miracles oh, i've got numb oh well i would probably say I'm, i'll give that you personally yeah i think i'd go with me because i think I, I actually listened to that today and it's not a song that i listened to a lot and i thought oh do you know what? i do like this song so yeah fantastic, I'll have that. fantastic single I've got You Only Tell Me You Love Me When You're Drunk. And I've got, oh, it's Battle of the Brilliant Song Titles, isn't it? Because I've got Love is a Bourgeois Construct. I mean... Gut feel? Gut, my gut feeling is that I like You Only Tell Me You Love Me When You're Drunk, especially when it's performed with an acoustic guitar yourself. Uh, mm, I think it's harder to call is this one, but let's. I'm happy to give you the point. So okay. 2-1 to you so far. So what are we going to do, two more at random, or are we doing them all? Are we, we're doing all of them. So I've got Flamboyant. I've got I'm with stupid. I mean, I think I'm with stupid is holds up as as a certainly as a as a as a powerful single. It's pretty close. I'll I'll claim a point. So let's say we're on two all. Uh, I've got liberation. I don't wanna. Must be yours. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, I'll take that one. I've got New York City boy. Say it to me. In fairness, when people buy this album, probably New York City Boy is probably one of the songs that people are going to buy it for, I would imagine. that's That's got to be a... An, Point to you. Yeah. 4-2. 4-2. Okay. Oh, flying it's, ahead it's now. Not looking, good for di- <laughs> not looking good for disc three right now. <laughs> Leaving. Versus Go West. I mean, two similar themed songs. <laughs> um, I mean... Well, I know which I, mean, I prefer. You can't argue with Go West, can you? I mean... Well, you're having that one. I'm going to take Go uh, West. I, I mean, I've just pulled out the... The heavyweights now. So what have you got? I've got a red letter day. Winner. You can have that. <laughs> see, I'm not very. Oh, you see, I mean, how great is CD two already? <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you classing this as survival? Mm. Somewhere. Uh, well, memory of the future. Yeah. You, you're having that. Uh, well, yeah, I'm feeling like I'm sort of running away. I'm running away a little bit. I well, need- I've got home and dry. Did you see me coming? I'll, I'll take out. Did you see me coming? I like that. Uh, yeah. I'll have that. So three, three plays seventh. Yeah. Thursday. Paninaro. Oh, I'm having Thursday. Yeah, you can have Thursday. Uh, you, right. you might not have got it if it was the original Paninaro. No. Seven plays for. Right. So come back. Well, see, yesterday when I was mad. 
pop kids. I'm having that. Ooh, oh, oh, go on then. I'll let you have that one. But. So, uh, seven <laughs> plays five. Yeah, you see. We need five minutes for me to read this one out. I don't know what you want, but I can't give it anymore. Which I love, but I've got minimal. I mean, I, I don't know what you want. I, I would be taking that one, I think. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, eight plays five. I mean... Can you forgive her? Oh, well, I've got it. Doesn't often snow at Christmas, no, so we, you, you we, can we, you can have that. <laughs> uh, um, Maybe if it was December, I might not. <laughs> Nine plays five. Before twenty something. I uh, I like the twenty something. Well, I'm going to cling to that then. So six plays nine. Yeah, I like the kind of unofficial Godfather remix as well, which is oh, yes, not overly it, official, uh, but yes, uh, I do I like know that. What you mean. Uh, single bilingual. Uh, love etc. I'm having that. <laughs> um, seven plays nine. Well, I wouldn't normally do this kind of thing. Versus Dreamland. I mean, I w- would take. I wouldn't normally, yeah, but I, I agree. Uh, right, ten seven. And I will leave with Sevida A. Oh well, this is where my longer. Uh, ah, I've right. got. Well, I've got yeah, two you've here. Got bonus ones. Well, go on then. Sevida A. You see, that's. What shall I play here? I can play together or monkey business. Will you take a win for either of mine over Sevi today? I'll 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 take a win for monkey business. Right, I'm playing monkey business then. <laughs> so that's ten plays eight, eight. and then I'm claiming and a you've got bonus an extra point song. for yeah. together, which is ten plays nine. Crikey, so we should we have. Go. It feels like we should have fixed that and made it more <laughs> equal, but I've got a feeling we might have done that quite fairly. Yes, well, that was our um, <laughs> uh, shortcoming there, wasn't it? But so, what what have we proved by there? Well, we've certainly proved that their career has held up over the course of those two discs, and actually, there's not a whole lot between them. Is that fair? I, I, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, we're sitting here debating which songs should have been included and which ones shouldn't. But when you look at it as a a reintroduction to the band, those 55 songs are great. I mean, there would be any band would be happy to have half of those songs on a on a greatest hits collection and to be able to put 55 even if you're not so keen on a couple of them there's going to be plenty that you're going to enjoy listening to so graham this year's annually arrived with a brand new four track cd lost yeah of course five tracks if you if you're looking at the online version uh that's half an album and the largest drop of new Pet Shop Boys tracks since Hotspot in 2020. Four of those four tracks on the CD, as we know, they were actually recorded during the, the Super Sessions in 2015. Have you had a chance to play it? What do you make of it? Well, we've talked about the 55 tracks on Smash and, and that in theory, a greatest hits collection isn't for us, but this EP is right up my street. The Lost Room and I Will Fall are already, for me, early contenders to be my songs of 2023. But the whole EP, I I absolutely love it. The Lost Room, for me, is is like the Pet Shop Boys playing at a roadhouse in Twin Peaks. So uh, I don't know if you watched the last series, but... I, I watched it. I didn't understand it. <laughs> well, you'll know that each show ended in the bar and they had all these mm-hmm. cool bands like Chromatics and Au Revoir, Simone, and I think The Nine Inch Nails at one point. And they just played these kind of beautiful, ethereal songs, which kind of just juxtaposed with the 55 minutes of madness that was happening outside. I love that. I love this song and I'm absolutely all over it. I can't stop playing it. Yeah, it is uh, particularly good, isn't it? And there's 
you know, I'm conscious these are these are demos. So, yeah. uh, and this is what Pet Shop Boys in-house productions sound like, and they're just right. For, I would say for these songs, you know, they don't need any more than what they've got. They're largely political, and but Neil and Chris have decided that their time is now that they say something about today and and, and what's what's going on globally. I remember back in it, last summer it was that they did an interview with the Times and they. Neil mooted a an EP around modern fascism, which just sounded <laughs> brilliant. What is this modern fascism EP? I'll I'll have some of that, um, and and this is uh, you know certainly a version of that. And also back in the literally that came out with the Super Diaries, I remember Chris describing them of having alongside Super enough unreleased dark techno <laughs> material for a mini album. So I think what we've got here is both the what began as the modern fascism EP and what began as Chris's half-mooted dark techno mini album. There was also another song um, that was also called out as being a techno track um, called The Out Crowd. So, you know, I, I can't wait to, um, in case we get to hear that one day because that seems like the, the missing one. And beyond the demo, they did also record The Lost Room with Stuart Price for Super. And I think that was what the version that Chris was talking about has been dark techno. So it's interesting to think there is a, a Stuart Price recording of The Lost Room out there. And also, even more interestingly maybe, there's also a jazz version that they've recorded. I think it's, it's instrumental. <laughs> you know, here's hoping for further listening. But as Chris said in the new edition of Annually, sometimes you can't beat a demo. It's, it's hard to uh, argue with that when you hear the quality of these, these four tracks. I, I don't think it sounds like demos at all. I mean... They've got very, very high standards. If that's a, if that sounds like a demo, no, not at all for me. Uh, what's your favourite track on there? Yeah, well, I, I agree. I will fall. Uh, there's something about that. It's it's fantastic. I think ly- lyrically, it could have been on please. You know, it's about running away, uh, a, a tenant trope. It's also got transport in there, another tenant trope where he's uh, talking about uh, jumping into a taxi musically with that piano on there the kind of house piano reminds me of very so it's certainly to me kind of harking back to, to some of the earlier periods of their their career and also within the concert you think of some of those other maybe more abrasive tracks darker tracks that are on there i will fall certainly softens the mood and i love the fact that even when times are particularly dark, when the music's particularly dark, when something's thematically particularly dark, that Pet Shop Boys put something on there which essentially represents love and just sounds sounds absolutely fantastic. Also, Kaputnik, I love Shades of Willow the Wisp, I thought. More great lyrics, particularly taken with My tanks will be driving to park on your lawn, they'll crush all your flowers. Uh, is that the first crushing of flowers since What Have I Done to Deserve This? I, I did wonder. That is a good, that is a good spot. <laughs> you are in full in-depth mode yeah, today, aren't you? I'm quite pleased with that one. <laughs> so... Are these tracks basically super further listening come early? Are the tracks that would have found the way out anyway? Or is this the, the only opportunity we would have got to, to hear these great songs? Anyway, fantastic to have five new songs to listen to at this time. So, if Smash is the greatest hit and Lost is for the fans... I was thinking that what would happen if we had the opportunity to curate a fourth disc. So this fourth disc is is almost, I guess, a deeper cut okay. album. Okay, yeah, I like uh, that idea. So songs that 
just a few songs that maybe should have been on there that 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 you know deserve this wider audience. So B sides like A Man Could Get Arrested. Great. You know, I mean, I mean, we there's so many of the B sides could be on there. Uh, Shameless, which possibly should have been a single in its own right, Def- certainly should have been on Vera. Definitely deserves a, a wider audience. Uh, and then songs like that are positive role model. One wow. thing leads to another. Okay, yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, and then perhaps even controversially, yeah, you know, I, I love the My Girl version, the the Madness cover, and I think that that could, you know, uh, be well received. You, you could thinking about it, you could probably fill a fourth disc just with cover versions that um, that, yeah. that might appeal to to a wider audience. I do wonder if if, the, if there was a fourth disc. When you think of what they've done with the the DVD and Blu-ray, they've kind of put the the videos for the uh, other singles that didn't make it onto Smash. And I, I do wonder what um, a fourth disc or kind of missing singles might look like to kind of uh, appease everyone out there that's arguing about what didn't make the cut. You, you could even call it trash, couldn't you? If, it, if it's <laughs> if it's the things that uh, were binned from 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 smash so on my trash disc first version of opportunities maybe that might be quite good given it's a, yeah. a single paninaro have to put seriously on to, to make everyone <laughs> maybe happy. we should leave that off just to sort of wind uh, everybody else up <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got you know the german singles like london beautiful people something from agenda as you say should be on there we could even put cricket wife couldn't we as, uh, <laughs> on the fourth disc so there we go so i guess you've got your Deeper Cuts idea for a fourth disc. I've got my trash uh, idea for a fourth disc. You could have a compilation of mixes. That would be fantastic as well. It's certainly what they did with um, with Pop Art when they Absolutely, did the Pop yeah. Art mixed mixed disc. I'd quite happily have the Disco Five tucked in there alongside <laughs> alongside Smash. Right. Well, I think one thing that we have proved is that there are just lots and lots and lots of songs that could be included on a potential disc four. So. Uh, Maybe what we should do is go away and just make those playlists for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I'll certainly, I mean, to be honest, I've started it already. Right, well, I'm going to go and make those playlists, and I know that you've got to go and keep an eye out for the postman carrying your smash-signed ultimate bundle up the street. Uh, uh, Graham, I... <laughs> I, I don't I don't buy the clothes. I haven't gone for the ultimate bundle, so I'll put oh, you right Oh, I'm going to be so disappointed. I was so so looking forward to seeing you in the hooded, the t-shirt, and the hat the next time that we well, met. Well, if I could afford it, then uh, maybe I would have done it. But uh, no, I'll disappoint you on that front. Right. Well, shall we wrap up and get on with these playlists? So I'd like to thank Posh and Phoebe for producing today's podcast. Uh, thank you to Paul for the help with the music, and uh, for you guys for listening. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye bye.